I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff, people from our community. Ooh, you know I do believe it is a treat and it is a treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome... Gray has. Hey, give it up for God, Hallie. How are you? Oh, my brother, I am so blessed. How are you? How was your week? Well, you know, things are moving so fast for my teens in Climax this week. We had an awesome thing happen. We did this thing. Um, it was an exhibition of jet skis called Ooh. Jet Skis for Jesus. A bunch of guys in the church that have jet skis have done this cool thing where they get them out on the pond and they do jet ski tricks and they also shout scripture, which is really cool. <sighs> Uh, so, you know, that was fun until two of my teens, and I hate to name names, but it was Lays Davenport and uh, Doritos Merchant. They got the keys to one of these dang things and were doing donuts oh. out there. Um, and that was, you know, until two of the dads finally got over to them and, and knocked them off the jet ski. And when I reprimanded them and I said, hey, guys, I'm going to have to kick you out of Climax for this, they said they'd been moved by the Holy Spirit, so I couldn't really punish them because they said God told them to do it. Oh, wow. I know. So that was kind of a bummer, but I, I guess they're right. But otherwise, yeah, Hallie, I'm having a great, really great week. Ooh, really great did week. you go on some virtual dates with Buka de Beppo? Becky de Bupo. Uh, yes, we did. We've been dating basically every night and doing some Bible studies, which are getting really intense and awesome. Ooh. And uh, yeah, we're definitely going to plan to meet up in person uh, one of these days. Oh, wow, that's so cool. But, you know, actually, it was kind of an awkward week, Hallie, to, oh. to be honest. Um, I'm not sure if I've mentioned... With Buka No, no, Be Becky DeBupo. I'm not sure if I've mentioned him before, but my friend... Um... Clay Mason Bannerman. Yeah. I mean, he's not really my friend. He was just this guy I knew for a bit. Um, he contacted me... But, well, I actually got contacted by the country club that he is a member of because he got hit in a golf... He got hit in the head with a golf club in a golf tournament. Oh, my gosh. I guess the, the head came off a golf club, and he was in the hospital, and I guess I was his emergency contact number. I think that's pretty weird, because I don't know why I would be. But I got the call, and they said, hey, could you go over to his place? Because his stepson, Popsicles, Grandson. needed um, some you know, babysitting. 
So, you know, I did the thing and I went over there and I watched Popsicles for a while, which was awesome, Hallie, because, you know, he and I really bonded and he, you know, he was kind of funny. He kept calling me uh, Daddy, which is, you know, not what I ever told him to call me. But, um, yeah, and then Clay showed up after the hospital and this is awkward. He, he, he got hit in the head with a golf club. He started speaking with a French accent. Oh, that's a head injury. A brain injury can do that. Oh, well, it was weird. And I just said, who are you trying to be? And he said, I, I can't do a French accent, but it's something like he was like, could you know? Could you stay for a while? And uh, could you stay for a while and, and watch Popsicles, please? You know, is that a French accent? I don't know. That is kind of yeah. awkward. For a French accent, you just have to go, <laughs> before yeah. whatever you say, and then it'll sound French. Again. Okay, he said, <laughs> you know, could you stay for a while? And I said, no, I really can't. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been watching your stepson Grandson. for like 45 minutes, and I've got a lot to do. I'm just too busy. That's awkward. Yeah, it was so awkward, Hallie. No, no. Was it nice to say popsicles? You know, it was a bit awkward. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is awkward, Hallie. What, how was your weekend? Oh, it was so awesome. Senior Pastor Steve was um, teaching from the uh, main stage in the auditorium, and just it, I thought it was so powerful. And because he can kind of reference the original source material for stuff when he's talking about the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus, he's able to reference, you know, the original Greek um, script, the text. Uh, and and so it it gives him an authority, you know, um, that people have to listen to him. And I thought it was really cool this weekend because he was preaching about how he was like, "Did you know that Jesus was the first rabbi to ever have female disciples?" He, really? Yeah. I guess I never really thought of it that way. And I didn't think so either. And uh, my son Day he leans over to me and he goes, uh, "You know, he starts listing them off: Philip, John, and he's like, w- which one of these are female?" Right. And uh, so. I said something to Steve in the green room in between services. I was like, Steve, who were the female um, uh, disciples? Because it doesn't say in the Bible. And he said, well, you know, sometimes things don't appear in the text, but it is uh, congruous with the nature of the character of Christ. Right. And and I said, well, do you have any uh, female disciples that I could tell, you know, my son Day, because he was in the service where you were preaching and teaching about it. And he said, well, there was Mary Magdalene. There was, um, there was, and I was like waiting, you know, and he was like, and there was. Talk about awkward. Yeah. And then we got interrupted, but I'm sure he would have come up with some other ones. But I took it as a useful teaching tool for my life because I got these kids at home that I want to kind of like control their behavior. Otherwise, they'll be wild animals. Right. And so since I've been taking Greek classes, I'm like, oh, well, I can just claim to have an authority and understanding that they don't have. And I can say anything's in there. Uh, One of my daughters was mad because she only eats green pizza now. You know, you have your red sauce pizzas. And then if you do a pesto pizza, my daughter says, green, I got to have a green pizza. Well, they weren't doing green pizza that night. All we had was red pizza. I've never had pizza, but okay. So all I had to do was say, you know what? Jesus loved red pizza. It's right there in the Bible. Jesus loved pizza. You know. Oh, right. And I because don't... you're basically using what you know as the baseline, That's so right. that you can you can really make Christ into somebody that you know. Yeah. I thought Day's pants were hanging a little low. I said, you know what? 
Jesus pulled his pants up. Oh, right. You know, it's stuff like that. And That's it's just great. so great. I tell my daughters, you know, like, um, Jesus was the greatest feminist that ever lived. They liked that. That's awesome. I hope he wasn't, but. So I could just to you, I could be like, you know, what are things you like? You know, you uh, you like jewelry, you like fashion. I could be like, Jesus was a fashionista. Right. You know, I think that's important too, Hallie, because it's really Jesus comes to you when you need him most. Mm -hmm. And he comes to you as what you need most, I think is what people forget. Like, what do you need most? I would like to get hugged and nobody ever touches me. I, I, I'd i like hugs. Yeah, I'm sure he would do that. Yeah. Jesus loves hugging me. Totally. You know, what do you need? I'll tell you this right now, Gray. Jesus loves protein shakes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I guess right now I just need to, I need Jesus to kind of make certain people in my life go away mm-hmm. and then other people in my life show up in a way that is more, you know, just less French. (laughs) Stop it, Hallie. Don't worry, Gray. Jesus only speaks English. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Just like Jesus will be waiting for us at the pearly gates someday to usher us into paradise, our guest today is an usher extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mr. Gates Barone. Hello. How's it going? I'm, I'm happy to be here right now. Hey, Gates. It is awesome. I mean, you're somebody that we see every single uh, Sunday, Saturday. We, we, I mean, if, if there's something going on in the church, you're there and we see you. So it's, it's really nice to have you finally on the podcast. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm here taking your money. <laughs> <laughs> That's- that's right. Uh, you play an important role. I mean, you're kind of like the face of Twin Hills. When someone arrives, say they're new, it's their first time visiting or whatnot, you meet them in the lobby and form a relationship with them, take them to where they'd like to sit. You collect the offering, too. I mean, that's a big responsibility, holding on to the coffers of the king. Absolutely. It's You know what? I like to think of being an usher as kind of like the host of a restaurant. Ooh. Oh. You're the face of that church. You're the first thing they see. Before they get to get to the real meat of the ministry, so I like to be, you know, very welcoming and uh, talk to people and let them know that they're they're safe when they when they come to Twin Hills. 
And that's really important for me. Yeah. And as far as I understand it, you used to be a restaurant host uh, at the Beefaroo just down the road. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For quite some time, actually. So I do have some experience um, with uh, hosting at a restaurant. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a great fit to become an usher at the church. Usher! You know, like the... Uh, <laughs> Kind of like the the musical artist, if you're familiar. That is so awesome. Now, Gates, do you uh, sort of uh, is it kind of like a a game of of like a of of like a puzzle piece where you look at someone and you can and you can kind of read them and what they're feeling and what they need and where they should be sat in the auditorium. Like, do you say, "Oh, now this fella has hair down to his waist. I bet he likes a good classic rock, and he's gonna want to be near the worship band. I'm gonna put him right down house left where he can be near the drums." I mean, is it is it a science like that, or is it intuitive? How do you seat all these people? I'll tell you what. If there's somebody that comes into the church and is brand new, brand new, never seen their face before, I sit them right awesome. in the front. Awesome. Right in the front. Because I want them to get smacked in the right. face with yes. the word of God. I want it to overwhelm yes. them. Yes. So I put them right in the front. Just like Gallagher would smash watermelons on a comedy crowd, uh, our, our people down front are going to get splashed with the sweat of someone singing to Jesus. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I actually have seen Gallagher before a lot. Is that oh, really? right? Oh, he's awesome. Yes, I have. He's amazing. He's amazing. What was that like? Did you have to sit under a tarp? What happened? Well, I was in the back of the audience, which oh, sucked. Sorry. And I kept on... Sh- I got kicked out of the show. Oh, no. I got kicked out of the show because I kept on saying, Gallagher, hey, splash me, hey, hey. And I, and I was shouting from the back to... Because I want... You know, you go to a Gallagher show, you want to get hit in the face right. with some... With some watermelon. Yeah, right? you want to yeah. rind in the teeth. Yeah, anything. And I was one of the people that was really desperate for that, and maybe too desperate for it, because I, I, I kind of started a, a little bit of a commotion there, and I got kicked out, which I'm embarrassed about, which I am, I feel bad about. Oh, so shouting out at a comedy show is frowned upon? Apparently. Um, huh. I thought it was more of a dialogue, yeah. to be honest, but I haven't been to too many shows. Yeah. You'd think he would like... Hearing from a fan, hearing that somebody's excited. I mean, when I hear something I like in church, I say amen. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Now, uh, Gates, when you made the transition, what, what, what was it that made you have the transition from food service to God service? I mean, what, what was, was that a calling? Uh, what, you know, what facilitated you moving over from Beefaroo to being full-time usher here at Twin Hills? It was an absolutely a calling. Mm. And a lot of people don't know this, but I have seen God <gasps> himself. What? I have seen God. What? Awesome. And I know that there's only a couple people in the Bible that have actually been face to face. I think it's Moses and Jesus Christ, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I swear to you, I saw God and God came to me in a dream and he looks like kind of a short Italian man. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked too. A really short Italian guy. And uh, he said, quit your job. Right now, right now, and it was really urgent about it. So I kind of woke up from the dream and I quit the job. Oh, you were sleep. You were sleeping at the job. Sleeping at yeah, sleeping on the job, which you're not supposed to do as a host. You know, you're the you're the face of the of uh, the restaurant. And uh, well, I'm sure it wasn't busy. Right? Yeah. No, it was slammed at the ho- no, it was slammed okay. at that time, and I shouldn't oh, have been. No. I should not have been sleeping, and that's my fault. Well, are you narcoleptic? No, just very tired, just very sleepy guy in general. So you're sleeping at the job and you see God and he's t- he tells you to, to quit your job. Quit your job now. Now. It was very aggressive. And I 
and I just listen to them. And that's what you kind of have to do. You had to have to have that faith in, you don't know what the next step is. You don't know what life is going to bring you after this, this point. Totally. So I said, yes. And I went up to my manager and I, um, well, oh boy, this is a little crazy. I, I took a hot pot of coffee and I banged it against the wall. Cause I've always wanted to quit a job, you know, oh, with it, some flair. I wanted some flair to it. I've quit many jobs before in my life. And it's always been, Hey, you want to come into this office real quick? And Hey, I, I want to put in my two weeks. This one I wanted to, re- I wanted everybody in the restaurant staff patrons to remember this moment. Oh, you're a showman. Yeah. I've always wanted to have a grand firing okay. or quitting, I guess. And, um, well, I say that because he said, you're fired because I smashed the pot, the coffee and I just started screaming and he said, get out of here. You're fired. And I said, I didn't even get the chance to say I quit. So right. oh, you I'm got sorry. robbed. I got robbed of, of that dream. But, um, I was just praying to God after that. And I said, what's next? What is next? I don't have any money. I, my rent's late. Um, I was sleeping at an apartment at the time that, um, was vacant and I just kind of opened up the door and was, um, you know, there's a lot of apartments that aren't sold yet and they're just available. Oh, you know, really? you can just, you can just open up the door to these places. Was there any furniture in it? There was a lot of furniture, actually some nice furniture oh. in this, in the place that I was in for a couple of months. Oh, it's like a furnished sublet. Yeah, exactly. Nobody came in. Nobody said anything. It just wasn't selling. And, um, I was living there for a couple months, and um, I was saying, God, please, just give me some direction. And I'll tell you what, that Sunday, I went to, went to church, and um, one of the ushers there came up to me and he said, one of the other ushers died awesome. yesterday. Yes. And I was like, it was just like, whoa, yeah. this is it. Yes. God's talking to and me. And I was, he's talking to me right now. And, um, I knew at that point that this was my, my calling being an usher. And I said, I can do this. I can, I've, I, I really liked that Jeff Foxworthy joke about, um, if you're a redneck, you, you know, they ask for change in the, in the offering. And I was cracking up at that joke. So I thought, oh, that's <laughs> so good. Yeah. He's hilarious. Uh, well, this is, this is awesome to, uh, to Gates because, you know, I really mm-hmm. believe that when God closes a door, he opens a window and, uh, you know, also I think when God kills an usher, he brings a new usher in, you know, and that's, that's what we're talking about. Although, you know, my only question is how are you making, because, you know, ushers aren't really a paid position as far as I understand. So, you know, you're working here now um, as an usher. How are you making ends meet um, when it comes to just, you know, life? Well, um, I'm going to let you all know this. And um, the ushers do get to take money from the offering. Oh, really? Yeah. There's all of us will kind of get together in the back and it's called frenzy time. And we can kind of just pick. We have we have 20 seconds. All right to grab as much cash as possible. And this is just a per- this happens in every church. And it's actually in the scripture that this happens. I forget what chapter it's in. It's in Ezekiel or some shit. But um there's a frenzy period because you're giving yourself over to the Lord, you should get something okay. back, something yes. in return. Wow. So there's this period in um where all the ushers will kind of grab as much cash as we can and we'll pocket it and you don't tell anybody, you don't tell the pastor doesn't know about it. Um a lot of people don't. It's just kind of for the ushers. And, um, so that's how I've been making ends meet for, since I've been an usher. Okay. So you kind of do this frenzy thing. You get a bit of cash uh, for your work that you're doing. And then are you still living at the, uh, are you still living at the apartment with the, the, the open door? Well, not anymore. I actually got, I actually have a really nice condo right now just because uh, I've been making a lot more money now and, um, I'm living pretty, 
pretty comfortably <laughs> um, right now. And uh, it's been really nice. The past the past couple of months have been maybe the best times of my life. Oh, isn't that neat? Here you were at a beefaroo, um, just in, in, in the valley of the shadow of death, just at your darkest hour. And, you know, I believe maybe that was God who struck you with sleep so that he could speak to you. Yep. Right there in a beefaroo. I mean, he uh, he finds us where we're at, doesn't he? He he, um, you know, reaches down into the pit of our despair and he pulls us out. And look at you now. I mean, I think it's a God thing. Yep, totally. And you know what? I'll go back to the beefaroo sometimes. Well, often, and just just to let the manager and everybody know that I'm kind of doing really well. And I'll go in there oh, yeah. dripped out in. Gucci, Versace, Prada, all that stuff. Just really expensive oh, clothes yeah. and yeah. gold teeth. Just every yeah. everything I can do to let them know in a sartor- sartorial, is that the word? Uh, a, sure. They, no in, a, in, a, in, a, in a physical clothing manner that I'm doing really yeah. well, and I'll let them know that. And I'll go in the back, and I'll start you know, just breaking dishes and just causing – they have a restraining order against me. The whole, the business does. Oh no. But I feel like it's the prayer of Jabez. You are showing them that following God breeds an amount of success and happiness that they can only hope for. How old are you? 46. And I have six grandkids and they're all pissed off at me and they want me to take the vaccine really badly. And I said, here's the compromise. Here's the compromise. I'm not taking that, that vaccine. I'm seeing the parallels between the antichrist, the world government the 666 Mark of the Beast. Are you a Revelation guy? Oh, oh boy, yes. I've read the original Greek version of Revelations. Awesome. And it, I'll tell you what, they really messed up with the translation on that that thing. Yes, it's it's totally different, pretty much. It's a lot scarier, it's a lot more terrifying. I don't know who the, who the hell... Did the translation with the Bible? It is. It is a lot crazier. Yeah. And does va- and do vaccines appear in your translation of Revelation? Boy, oh boy, do they? Is that they right? say COVID nineteen. They reference Joe Biden himself Whoa. in the Greek translation. It's wild. Language. I mean, it is wild. The accuracy of what Revelations is telling us right now. Really. And I cannot wait to be raptured. The rapture is coming within the next couple of weeks. Really. Yes. The next couple of weeks, it's going to happen. And I'll tell you what. When the rapture happens, I have everybody, all Christians are going to float up to heaven, right? Totally. Okay. We all agree that. I have fashioned the roof of my apartment, like the condo I'm living in, to be steel. So I don't float up because I want to stay behind and I want to fight. Oh, really? This would be like you being in um, Walking Dead or something. Yeah. I'm going to be, uh, once Jesus, Jesus comes down with the archangel Michael and he's going to be floating down a fiery chariot. And I'm going to be the first person to be screaming, I'm with you. Let's, let's kill an antichrist and get him now. Um, and I'm ready. I've been training. I've been, I have a lot of swords and, uh, weapons in my, in my condo right now. And I'm ready. Oh, that's, that's all I'll say. I mean, do you ever worry Gates that, you know, the steel, the steel, uh, ceiling that you've installed is just on you, that you'll have to sort of stay in your apartment for the for the final battle just because you know i guess if you go out then then you know you might you might float away i'm hoping that yeah i have thought about that because i think that i'm gonna be stuck at the top of the ceiling for 
a lot of the rapture. So a lot of the battles are going to be going on. The demons are going to rise up. Jesus is going to be fighting the seven headed beast. Da, 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 da. But I'm, I'm not going to heaven, okay, for that period of time. I'll tell you that. I'm going to be stuck at the top of my ceiling with a sword in my hand, ready to fight off anything that's in my kind of immediate area. So I have thought about that. And it does suck. It does suck. But um, it just, it is what it is. Wow. It's very like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, um, The Last Airbender, Hallie, are two really fun movies that I like, or also that scene of Mary Poppins when they all take the stuff and float up to the ceiling. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like Tom Hanks in Apollo 13, where he's floating around. I mean, I can't imagine you're like, I just need some gravity right now so I can put my feet on the ground because I got to fight and I, I need gravity on my side. And yet heaven is trying to pull you up and you keep floating like you're an astronaut. And this weightlessness doesn't give you any kind of like torque to be able to really destroy. Well, first of all, who do you know who the Antichrist is? Do we know that, or has that not been identified yet? Joe Biden. Oh, Joe yeah. Biden is the Antichrist. I mean, it, the signs are all there. He's charming. He's good looking. He's one of the hottest guys I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Yeah, this is the Antichrist. Duh, it's Joe Biden. Whoa. Really? Oh, no, this is not good news. I'm just well, so bummed out by that, you know, Hallie, because I just thought maybe we could finally, you know, kind of start stop with all this politics and of course you know if i'm hearing gates right it says joe biden right there in the bible mm -hmm. and i guess i had a sneaky suspicion about that as well uh that's such a bummer well don't beat yourself up gray that you weren't able to vote you know i right, know I you would vote have here, voted yeah. for four more years if you could but you're not a citizen and that's just a shame but i'll tell you what gates i mean maybe you can shed some light on the book of revelation for me because you know i know it was written by john the elder i know he was on the isle of patmos off the coast of asia minor and you know, it's also possible that he was on this island eating some different, you know, eating things off the ground, herbs and mushrooms and things that might have been, you know, some people, you know, some people uh, try to say it seems like he was eating some magic mushrooms or something and writing this apocalyptic literature about dragons with seven heads and everything. And I say, no, you got to square it with the fact that if it's in the Bible, it's God breathed, it's inerrant. And uh, if I'm honest, though, sometimes I don't understand the seven dragon heads and stuff like that. First off, psychedelics are not real. That's oh, that that's right? a placebo. Oh, really? So when people take psychedelics, they're just imagining. If I gave you a magic mushroom, I said, hey, this is about to rock your world right now. Yeah, you, the mind is very powerful. Yeah. And I understand that. And it can do some crazy things just on its own. So acid, LSD, um, peyote, oh, no. all these drugs don't work. Oh, really? How do you know? Because I've taken a lot of them. So it's just already a person struggling with mental illness who would be hallucinating anyway? It's more of a placebo thing because you, you take it and you say, yeah, I'm going to trip my balls off on this thing. Well, your mind does it. It just, it just does it. I've taken, I can't tell you how much LSD I've taken in my life. And, it, and yeah, have I seen things when I'm on it? Yes. Yes, I have seen a lot of crazy stuff on that drug. But it's because my mind perceives it as this psychoactive thing. It's not actually psychoactive. It's just my brain thinks that. So they don't, those don't exist. So that's, we can just rule that theory out okay. that John was tripping because that, that's not possible. Okay. Okay. What John was is he is, um, he was not actually human. Oh. Again, this isn't the Greek translation. John was an alien. What? An interdimensional being. Really? That was, yes, yes. And he was sent to Earth to kind of let people know about 
the end times and he could time travel and he didn't, he didn't exist in the three dimensional reality that we do. He was in the fifth dimension. Okay. Okay. Yes. What's the fifth dimension? Okay. Well, we have two, one. Okay. One dimension is a piece of paper. Okay. okay. Or to second dimension. I think that the first and the second dimension are pieces of paper. Okay. okay. They're, they're not indistinguishable from each other. Okay. It's just a flat thing. Three dimension. Oh, we're looking around. Oh my God. There's a plane. Fourth dimension. You know, I've been there a couple times. And you don't want to go. You don't want to go to the fourth dimension. It is frightening and terrifying. There's a lot of screaming in the fourth dimension. It's something that not a lot of people's brains can handle, but mine can for some reason. Again, I have seen God. And I don't know if that's a calling, that um, if I'm special, if there was a Bible written now, would I be one of the prophets? You know, Would there be a chapter written about me? Probably. And the fifth dimension is... I have never, I've gotten close to it. I've never dipped into it. You know, I always love it when somebody brings a, you know, a fresh perspective on, um, on, on the text, on the Bible, because I think, you know, this is a living, breathing document that yeah. we, ha- we have to remember that, yeah. that this is a living Bible. It is yeah. not just some dusty old book. Yeah. And if you read it and you're starting to get these visions that you, uh, you know, that you see Joe Biden and all these things and, and, and that, that, that it is n- not only John, but John the alien and, and all this stuff. I just think it's really important for people to know that, that this is a, this is a powerful text, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I voted for Joe Biden. And I was canvassing really, really hard for him because I knew he was the Antichrist and I wanted to speed up the process. So he, I don't think he was supposed to win the election, but thanks to my phone banking and kind of the insane amount of hours that I put into trying to get him elected, I think that I was the person who kind of, uh, you know, set him over the edge and got him elected. And I was one of the top proponents of Joe Biden just because I knew he was going to bring and usher in this kind of apocalyptic era. And I said, let's speed this up. I'm an usher. Let's, let's usher, usher it in. It in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. That's incredible. I mean, and I feel like this is further proof that every time they try to peg things on Trump supporters as doing things that are like insurrection and things like that. No, it's not. It's these Joe Biden supporters who are trying to usher in the end times. And may I say, can I say this real quick? Yeah, yeah. Donald Trump is a hologram. He's not real. Oh, my God. Really? He's a hologram. And you can see, if you zoom in on the background of a lot of the videos there, there's clearly a projector in the back just projecting him. He's not. He's, he's, a, he's a projection. Who's, 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 who's doing that? Who's making the projection? Joe Biden. Gates Verone was played by Nate Verone. Follow him at Nate Verone or on his TikTok at Mr. Simp Sexual, where he plays a truly funny character you won't soon forget. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray House was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.